0: I want to give a shout out to Awana Ministry Director Allie Watkins at Valley Brook Evangelical Presbyterian Church in Hickson, Tennessee. During her time at Valley Brook, she came to every leader training, attended CDF, and got her pastor to catch the vision of resilient child discipleship. At the start, only two kids came to Awana Clubs because of VBS, but the kids loved Awana Clubs so much that they started talking about it on the school bus. Then the kids spread the word of God at their school and started inviting other kids. By the end of the year, there were 14 kids coming to Awana clubs all because of two. This even led to some of the families coming on Sundays. Look at what the love of Jesus can do.
1: Welcome, everyone, to the Awana Club's podcast. I'm Andrea Perkins, an Awana missionary in the great state of Texas, and I am absolutely thrilled to be joined today um, for an important, important discussion on a clear gospel presentation. We have with us today Dr. Ed Goshen, the chief ministry officer for Awana, uh, who is not only one of my favorite people to be serving in ministry with, um, but is also a consummate leader with passion for ministry, and just a laser focus on how we can reach kids well. So Ed, thank you so much for joining us for this important topic.
2: It's my privilege. Thank you, Andrea.
1: So I mentioned that we're going to speak today about how to have a clear gospel presentation. Um, we know that as new Awana years are kicking off, this is a, a skill that many leaders may be working on boosting or that Awana ministry directors um, may be training their people on. So um, being able to give them some things to think about as far as um, getting their people ready and even parents as the primary disciple mm-hmm. makers um, they're in the home, giving them some tools or um, just things to consider. Uh, in how they talk about the gospel with their kids, um, I think is just so valuable um, at this time of the year. Mm. Um, so I would love to just kind of throw some things that I wonder um, when I'm thinking about my own gospel presentations uh, to you and kind of get mm-hmm. your perspective um, on how we can do this incredibly important work really well.
2: Yeah, that'd be great. All
1: right. Well, first up... Um, mm. I used to think that I was an effective communicator, um, and then two years ago, uh, I adopted a 12-year-old, and have come to realize how very unclear apparently all of my um, instructions and explanations are. So uh, as we yeah. uh, as Welcome we the you know, yeah. as we face um, talking about something so important with kids, how can we really know our audience? Right, where are these kids in our churches or in our homes? coming from and how are they listening to what we may be saying to them about the gospel
2: right you know um that that question's got about 50 layers in it because there's where where do they come from in terms of what do they know about about jesus about the bible there's that whole layer there's the another layer Mm -hmm. of where are they developmentally and i think frankly in church i think we miss this one a lot you know i was talking with someone the other day there's that song you, you you probably know it read your bible pray every day and who do we teach that to preschoolers who who don't know how to read you know so uh, we forget the stage of life they're in. now i think it's a good thing to learn that song so they would read their bible prayer every day later but but we don't think about where they are in their in their in their development um and and another thing i think that kids when you talk about how they listen they listen best to story and um, the, the the gospel message is embedded in a story that is. Uh, it's really the Bible is the is the unfolding of the story of human history uh, from from God's perspective and what He wants us to know about that. And uh, and we it, we can no longer assume that people that every kid understands that. And when we speak about the gospel, that they've heard heard that and know where it fits in that big story. Of the creation and the fall of uh, humanity, and then God's redemptive plan, which is where the the gospel, the Jesus dying for our sins, occurs, and then the restoration that's going to be uh, someday in the future. So when we put when we embed in story, I think kids are going to listen better, of all ages. But we do have to be really sensitive to to their their developmental state, where they are, and how much they can how much they can take in and absorb.
1: I think I, I love that. I think. Being able to place those kids in the story, right? Being able to yeah, explain to them that they're in it. Yeah, you <laughs> think
2: that of that, you're at a rest stop, and you have that star that says you are here. You know, it's, <laughs> yes. it's good to be, good to be able to uh, to to help kids with that. You know, I love that. I love that. And, and the, so, the language that we choose as well has to be um, has to be clear. You know, we say things as grown ups that we understand, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's maybe we maybe make an illustration or we use a metaphor. Um, uh, you know, a metaphor is, a, is, a, is a, a phrase that represents something else. Well, we, we speak about that. We understand that because our language is developed and our, you know, and all of that. But a kid may not. Um, I think of that, you know, I don't know. I'm going back to these songs today. But, you know, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Now that 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 to fully
1: terrifying. It's
2: terrifying to a a six-year-old. Yeah. But that but the message behind that is wonderful. But we have to be so careful of what what kinds of things we share with which kinds of kids at which ages.
1: No, I appreciate that. The second thing that was actually on my list was literally a question about word choice, right? How do we speak in concrete ways that kids understand? Because those idioms, um, giving your heart to Jesus is. You know, right. a little, a little bit frightening um, for kids who just maybe learned that their heart pumps their blood.
0: <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. so
1: um, yeah, I love that those concrete things, um, and then contrasts as well, because kids can understand this and not that pretty mm-hmm. well. You know, good, um, good versus bad. They're just kind of gaining that appreciation. Well, yeah. I, I love um, what you said about story. Um, kids do relate that way. Um, tell me a little bit how we can kind of cut through the noise of, of Mm -hmm. secular content, because these kids are, are under a waterfall, right? (laughs) Or like with their face in, in a a fire plug (laughs) with the water, just rushing out Mm -hmm. of stories from all different sources. Of course, only one having, um, having the truth of God's word and seeking to meet their deepest spiritual need, right? How do we cut through the secular content to let them know this is the best news ever?
2: Well, that that's the fifty million dollar question we're all trying to figure out, isn't it? Um, so as we as we talk to kids, we have to think about what they're what they're receiving elsewhere, right and and you you mentioned it. they're just getting bombarded they're they're bombarded with all kinds of messages, but those messages don't contain truth and those messages don't contain hope. So I think when we when we uh, root the gospel message of what Jesus did on the cross, when we root it Really deeply in that that big story, then it's then it's rooted in 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 truth, um, you know. Uh, and, and, and really think about it. a kid understands uh, some of these things that we talk about when we tell about about the the big story, um, innately. Like you talk about the fall of man and that the uh, sin passed to all men. Kids might say, "Yeah, no, I think I've never sinned," but they know. I mean, they, they know. I mean, I knew when I was a kid, when I was doing something wrong, I remember weighing the, weighing the cost-benefit, you know, I know this is wrong and I'm going to get in trouble, but is it worth it, you know? And that's just the, that's sin in the heart of a child. And so some of that they know innately, um, and, and they can identify when they, when they see, when they hear that big overarching story, they can see that this is where truth lies. You know, everything else is an imitation of a piece of that truth. We're taking a part of it out. You know, you think of identity, who you are. Well, our identity was formed in the garden, man. That, that's where our identity was formed when, when we were created in the image of God. And uh, so if we can help them see that big story, I think that's going to really help, uh, help, help them. Um, yeah. We need to use our words that root them there.
1: Right. I love that too. Cause when we are using God's word, to tell God's story, the Holy Spirit, we know one of his works is illumination. And so he is making that clear to children, even as we're discussing that, yeah. which is pretty amazing to have such a powerful <clears throat> helper yeah. right, um, in our work, which, which Christ promised to us. So um, I, I love what you said about the identity being formed in the garden. You know, we know who we are in Christ and the opportunity that children and youth have to find um, that identity in Christ as well. I'm, I would love to explore like how we explain more like the reality of yeah. Jesus, right? That like he's legit because our kids are so familiar with fictional characters. Maybe they visit your house. Maybe right. they are collecting your teeth. Like that's not weird. Um, but yeah. also this kind of inflated or idealized version of celebrities that even our older students may be following or liking um, and seeking to emulate how do we kind of turn them on to the fact that the very most important person ever is real doesn't yeah. have an idealized version because he's perfect. Right. And that the point of him is, is for us to have relationship with him.
2: Right. Well, I think when we talk about the, about the person of Jesus and about who he is, uh, I, I agree it's important to establish that he's, that he's real, you know, and and that really doesn't take a bunch of work with a kid. You know, we can talk about, you know, even something as simple as every, everybody around the world understands that, that, that Christmas is about something special. And, and we explain it's, it's about Jesus. The whole world knows. Um, uh, there's, there's no place you can go in the world that people don't know about Jesus. I mean, so that's at the very basic level. Now they may not believe him. They don't believe he was God. They may not believe a lot of things that are central, but his 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 historicity is really easy for to get a kid to understand. And then if that's true, um, what was Jesus like? You know, and I'm pretty sure Jesus wouldn't have been an influencer on YouTube today. Uh, he was he was too relational with people, individual people. You know, that's where where he was. And, um, and and I think we we can point out that for kids we can point out the difference between. What what Jesus was like and what the star influencer of the today is like. Uh, Jesus was humble. Uh, are these people? No, these people are arrogant and prideful. And Jesus was kind and he was uh, he served others. What about these other people? No, they they aren't necessarily always kind. Sometimes they're they're everything but that, and right. and and they serve themselves. So we can draw a contrast for them to say, okay, this is the, what jesus was like and we look at the sermon or the uh, uh the gifts of the spirit or the fruits of the spirit that's where we see uh, what what jesus uh, wants us to live out like you know and so um we have to help we do have to help them understand he existed but uh, that that his message is so different you know he's not don't look for a, a, a youtube influencer type or a celebrity type you're not going to find that in jesus Um, He was a humble servant who came and sacrificed for everybody else. That's completely unlike uh, what, what, uh, you know, the the stars of today would do.
1: Sure. It makes me feel like the relationship with Jesus that's available to these kids is so personal, which is so different from the people they may be following online or, or characters that they love, even in TV shows or webisodes that, they don't exist to those people. Right. Yeah, but like yeah. we exist. That's to a great Jesus. point to them. Yeah, you're, one of,
2: you're one of yeah. 2.4 million followers, right? That's all you are. Here's the number, that's but right. to Jesus, you're the, you're the only one in you're his eye right then when you, when you're dealing with Jesus. Yeah. That's a great um, point.
1: I love that. I love that. Um, So one of the things I noticed back in the day when I was um, just a a little Sparks director in my sending church, which Mm -hmm. I loved, um, I love the little, I love the littles, um, Mm -hmm. was that sometimes it was a little bit hard for them to really consider the future. And I remember when I was sparks age, Um, even in Omana, I thought about how many days I was going to have to live before I graduated high school. And it seemed like it stretched into infinity, right? (laughs) So a concept of like the far future or a literal eternity was a little bit hard for me to grasp
2: the time because
1: the days seem so long. When you get older, they're much faster, they're much shorter, they they go in an instant. But as children, I think it can be a little tough for them to imagine not only a Future. And I think maybe we sell the gospel message a little bit short when we focus too much with kids on that future in, in heaven with God, because it may be hard for them to conceive of eternity. How can we focus, um, even what we're saying about the gospel, on the beautiful, full life that we have when we're following Jesus right here, right in the midst yeah, of this yeah, broken sure. world and the opportunity for transformation? Um, how can we make it worth it now not yeah. just so you go to heaven when you die
2: that that's such a good uh, a good point you bring up now i for, for me i was scared into heaven right because because you know this was fire you know, and brimstone yeah late 60s early 70s uh, the, <laughs> the preachers all pounded on the pulpit and and um and it was a, it was about make sure you really understood hell so that you would be uh, motivated to trust Jesus. Now, I'm frankly, I'm I'm happy it happened because I'm I'm am a follower, and so I'm I'm okay with that part. But um, but I think what what is difficult for a kid, you you nailed part of it. there, the future. Future is so different for a a, a five year old than it would be for uh, you or, you or me. Um, not only that, when we when we talk about the when we talk about the hope of heaven, we're asking them to do two difficult things believe to to talk about a future that they can't imagine in in terms of length of time and then we're asking them to imagine something that happens after they die something that they also can't fathom so so these are both concepts that are very difficult so yes we want to talk about that because sin has consequences we do want to have that discussion um but the 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 truth is that that redemption where, where God worked out all of the redemption for us, culminating in Jesus. Now He's working on restoration, right? Uh, someday Jesus is going to restore all things to Himself, and and the the part of His kingdom that is that is taking place today is when you and I do something kind for someone. We are we are taking because Jesus is, is ours and is available to us. We're taking a little bit of His light and shining it somewhere else. We're we're talking to a person. Uh, about him. We're, we're, we're helping someone in need. We're, we're, we're just being kind to people. Uh, We're exhibiting those fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. We're exhibiting those. And, and, and that helps people to see what Jesus is like in us um, and, and helps, uh, helps them to say, man, I'd like a little bit of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, you know, I think for kids though, you know what? There's a the hope of heaven for us, right? Because we get that. I mean, I'm in my early 60s. I get the hope of heaven, right? I mean, that's hopefully far off for me, but, but I get that. Um, and, and kids uh, kids aren't thinking about that, but they can, uh, they can think about the people who have hope in their life. They know the difference between a hopeful person and a person who does not have hope because a kid needs hope um, uh, for, for today's life. And and that's what Jesus brings to us right now. To when, when we trust Him and we have the Holy Spirit within us, uh, we can have hope. There's there's a plan that we can we can learn about it, and it's going to unfold over time. That's a hopeful, good plan, you know. So um, I, I think those are some of the things that kids can see around us, even though they can't see necessarily the the long vision. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, a plan, a plan for us, and with purpose. Right. right. that like exactly. we have a contribution to be made um to his kingdom because he called us into it not just to hang out you know right. it's not the heisman house it's not where you go when you're done working to like right. hang out with other people who worked with you like we are we are on mission um, until yeah. uh, until he calls us home
0: thanks for listening we'll be right back Are we shaping kids with lasting faith? Let's invest in building resilient disciples today through the Awana Resilient Child Discipleship Training. At these one-day events hosted from October to March in Nashville, Atlanta, Los Angeles, Chicago, Dallas, Tampa, and online, you'll gather with fellow ministry leaders to learn how to create engaging experiences kids will not wanna miss, three easy steps to effective child discipleship, and how not to lose our kids to today's culture. Through five sessions, you'll be introduced to Resilient Child Discipleship and the 3B Discipleship Formation Pathway. You and your leaders will gain a strategy to create a child discipleship culture in your local church, practices to implement in your ministry, at church and at home, and insights from the new research book from the Barna Group and Awana, Children's Ministry and a New Reality, the largest child discipleship study done in over 20 years, one day of training can help change the trajectory of your discipleship and form generations of Christ followers. Invest in your team, invest in your kids, invest in the future of your church today. Secure your seat at events.awana.org. That's the Ephesians part, you know, we, we talk about 2, 8, and 9
2: yes. when we share the gospel but the 210 is you're you're safe so that you can do some of these good works that, that she set
1: out ahead of time for us to do yeah Explain. i love it yeah <laughs> um so one last thing as far as like what kids can really conceive of um, in the gospel presentation and how we communicate it clearly. Um, just these, this idea of submission, you know, it's really easy to, as you said, to to scare a kid into yeah. into believing because you want to avoid punishment for your sin. A kid can say, sure, I do wrong things. Here's a way to be saved from the punishment of my sin. That's great. Um, and it is. it's the <laughs> greatest news ever. <laughs> yeah. um, but but we know that there's an element too of of submission, mm-hmm. right? that there is Jesus as Lord. Mm-hmm. And savior, yeah. <laughs> right? That's part right. of you know all of our sort of baptismal um, <laughs> recitations. Sure. Um, kids have so little control over their lives that I think it may be a little challenging for them to really even understand that they have an opportunity or that they have standing, <laughs> right, to to make that kind of decision for themselves. Because like little kids, they don't get to pick what they wear. Mm-hmm right they have to wear appropriate clothes to the store and to school right. they don't get to pick which activity they do right it's whichever activity fits on the night the family has open on the family yeah. calendar they hop in the minivan and have no control over where it goes right right yeah. maybe it's a target run maybe it's you know to go to get some annual booster shots mm. right <laughs> so these kids that control virtually nothing in in their environment um, may not really feel like they have the freedom To choose Mm -hmm. to submit to a Lord Mm -hmm. who ostensibly is going to guide them and direct them in what they should do with all facets of their life, Um, you know, from that young age, how do we communicate to them that they do sort of have that permission, that there's no, like, lower age limit of of when you can submit
2: to Christ? right. Well, I think there's there's a there's a couple things uh, to think about in there. First of all, there's there's the, the the initial decision to trust Jesus, right? And is that okay for them to do? Do they feel I have the I have the, the agency to make this decision, right? That's the first part. And then once they've trusted Jesus and, and, and they've they have put their faith in him, do I have now the agency to change the way I live my life? Because of what God has done for me, right? Um, and I, the, the 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 illustration I like to think about, it, um, and it's it's just in my head. It's not on a piece of paper anywhere. But um, you know, when you when you fly, um, there's uh, there's a jetway that you walk down, right? And I and I, I think of that that jetway. I parallel that jetway in my mind with the uh, what everything that, that leads up to me trusting Jesus, right? You know, if I'm in your Sparks group, it might be your love for me every week. It might be my mom has contributed a little bit of that. It might be my handbook has contributed to that. Uh, uh, Reading from the Bible, listening to some large groups, uh, stories. And that so that jetway is the lead up. And and every one of us had that in our in our journey uh, to meet Jesus. Somebody was part of that that led us up to that. And then, uh, you know, when you get to the end of the jetway, there's that that one inch gap between the jetway and the airplane. You know, I, I look down there. I can always I always think, is, can't they just scoot that a little closer? <laughs> you know, I always look down yeah. that crack too. <laughs> yeah, I do. And and so when I look at that, I think of that. When I step over that, I, I in my mind, I in, in this illustration, I I correlate that to the when I finally decide to trust Jesus. I say, okay, all this work that's gone into my life, um, I, I'm okay. I get it now. I'm a sinner. I understand that Jesus died for me. That's where the penalty is paid. I get that. And, and I take that step over that, that gap and I say, I believe, you know, when you look at John, the, the, the one book that was really written about how do you get to be made right, right with God, believe, believe, believe. So stepping over that gap is when we believe, but you know, it would be, it would be crazy if you were going to take a trip to, to stop right there with one foot in the airplane and one foot on the jetway. That would be crazy nobody would do that right so um then you so what do you do you put the next foot in and the next foot in you you, and you start walking back to your to your seat and that to me is that's the finishing of this we've trusted jesus and now let's live out our life let's become a disciple let's follow him let's figure out is there a certain way god wants me to respond to things oh there is okay i'm going to start responding the way he wants me to respond I'm going to be kind, I'm going to be generous, um, you know, I'm going, to, I'm going to tell others about him, you know, all of those things. That's the rest of that journey. But I think uh, uh, in, in kids' ministry, sometimes we, we chop that up artificially and we, we make make it look like, okay, it's, it's time to share the gospel. We're only going to talk about that little one-ish gap. Well, that's fine, but but that's not the whole thing. Uh, the whole thing is is all that work that's been leading up to that the trusting of Jesus and then and then learning to follow him after that, you know, um, and we have to help kids understand. I, I, I love that you pose this question. We have to help kids understand that they do have the agency to do that. They do have the ability to make those decisions uh, about that. And um, I, I remember I don't remember how young I was, but I remember a pastor saying that there are no uh, no no spiritual grandchildren, you know, and it's like, oh, so I've got to make a decision for myself. Um, It wasn't about someone making a decision for me. Um, And the other side of that is it wasn't about someone banning me from making the decision either. You know, I could, I did have the ability to make that decision. Yeah. yeah.
1: So we have to be sensitive to as leaders to hear from the child, what the spirit has been saying to them, you know, to entertain that the spirit's going to call who he wills. Mm -hmm. um, And that when we're getting those questions that we're, we're ready to talk. Right. Um, to those kids and that we're, we're respecting what, what the spirit's doing. I think it's interesting too. Once you do get on a plane and then take your seat, you got to stow your baggage, Mm -hmm. which is also helpful for the Christian life. (laughs) Um, but then also the pilot takes you where he wants to go. And I think understanding like that, that surrender, um, and letting that pilot who in this analogy is, is God letting that pilot fly you to where he wants you to land, um, is It's just, it's so important. And for kids to understand that that's what this life is and it may be really different than what they're expecting, especially for teenagers who've begun to sort of plan right for their, for their life, they've got a plan for what plane, um, you know, they're getting on, but to know that, that God's plane and God's plan are, are absolutely the best destination for you. I think we can, you know, share that as often as we can um, as well. Um, well, I think the very last thing, just to wrap up all these, I think we've talked so much about how to think about what we're saying, how to speak um, to, to a, a child and youth audience in a way that accounts for where they are um, developmentally and spiritually. Um, but I kind of want to encourage our leaders. To practice, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? To, to really practice having those conversations. If you ask someone um, about their own kid, any person who who has children, which of your kids is the pickiest eater? They don't have to think about it, right? They know what age did your kid walk? They will tell you to the month. It's yeah. always to the month, right? Never, never years, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, so they know those things so innately that it's automatic. It comes from an authentic place on the inside of them because it's something that matters that much. Mm-hmm. My heart is so much that Awana leaders and child disciple makers in any program and parents um, are so grounded in being able to talk about um, a clear gospel presentation with the kids that they run across their own or ones that they know in ministry, um, that it is that authentic, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, But I think that takes practice, right? I think, I think that we need to actually. Well, yeah, and practice. I think when you,
2: when you practice, when you, when you practice yourself and when you practice with others, um, you, mm-hmm. you can, you can work on a couple of things. So a couple of things I think are really important. Um, sometimes we're not, we're very impatient because Andrea, I know you and you know, me, we have we have a deep <laughs> desire for every child to trust Jesus today. Right? <laughs> We're very motivated. Yesterday, yeah, yesterday, in fact, if we could do that, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it's so hard to just be to just speak about the gospel. Jesus died for you. He paid the penalty for your sin, and then wait, and let, and then work mm-hmm. through that time when when a child has to process and think and ask questions. Um, I, I've seen way too many times where it's. Uh, only a few times been this dramatic, but you know, line all the kids up against the wall, raise your hand if you want to trust Jesus, okay, great, you 12, pray after me, boom, and now we're all Christians. Well, that's crazy, you know. Um, so we need to be patient with, with kids and let them process and help them by answering questions they might have a- along the way. Uh, the other thing I think that it, that practicing helps you with is thinking about the, 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 the way you use words, and and the impact that they have, because one of the key things about our salvation is that it's by grace. It's not by our works. So that's a unique thing to Christianity, you know. And so we we can sometimes use phraseology and illustrations that really sound a whole lot like work. Um, I spoke with a gentleman a couple of days ago who uh, didn't trust Jesus because he was told that. When he, uh, in order to, to do so, he had to walk an aisle up to the front. He had to talk to the pastor and then immediately had to go over to this tank and be baptized. Well, he was a kid. He, was, he wasn't going to do that, you know, and, and to, as a grown up, he still hasn't done He still hasn't trusted Jesus because he thinks he has to go through all those motions in order to earn God's favor instead of just understanding that it's just by simple faith, you know, and by, by, by his grace that's offered to us. So uh, we need to be really careful that we're we're not saying or doing anything that implies salvation is about what I'm gonna do for God. Uh, salvation is about what God's already done for us. You know, He's done the work, He's done it all, He offers it to us. All who can believe to be part of His family, you know. So oh,
1: that's wonderful that's wonderful. Um, all right. We, we have given our listeners, thank you so much, Ed, so much to think about, um, and then to go and hopefully take action on. So Ed, I so appreciate, um, you joining us for this podcast, bringing, um, the heart that I have always known you have, um, for ministry to share, um, with our podcast audience and to the audience go forth and, uh, and make disciples this year, wherever you go. Thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you next time on the Awana Clubs podcast. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for listening to the Awana Clubs podcast. The Awana Clubs podcast is a product of Awana Audio, all rights reserved. Your support and donations to the Iwana ministry make it possible for us to partner with 62,000 churches in over 130 countries. Check out the show notes wherever you're listening for more details about what was discussed in this episode, as well as more information about today's host and their ministry. If you like this episode, you'll also like the Resilient Disciples podcast, where new episodes drop every Thursday. Our theme song is Jackpot by Made to Be from their album, You Know a Better Way. You also heard their song Throne from their album, Save Me From Myself. This podcast is executive produced by Tim Sandoval, mixed and edited by Marlon Washington, and content support is provided by me, Ross Cochran. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week.